and welcome to the February 2022 films discussion episode of the And Now For Something Completely Machinima podcast. I'm one of the podcast regular hosts, I'm Tracy Harwood, and I'm joined today by uh, Ricky Grove. Hello. Phil Rice. Yellow. And Damien Valentine. Hello there. Um, now, we've got a really interesting selection of films to discuss this month. And don't forget, you can watch the films using the links we'll post on our website at completelymachinima.com. I'm excited. <laughs> mm. This is all you... your favourite bit, isn't it, Ricky? Oh, uh, oh God, yes. Well, thanks all of our favourite bits, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Um, don't forget, another thing you can do is send us your films. We, we won't promise to review them, but we'll certainly consider mm. them. Um, we try and select the best films each month uh, and also vary what we're looking at. Um, so I'll start this episode off with with actually two films that um, I've found. Um, one I think we'll be a little bit familiar with. So the first one that I wanted to share with you guys is Evil Imps, Shino, Shino and the Witch, an Animal Crossing machinima, which was released on the 24th of December. Now, this is um, set in a Japanese school of witchcraft. Um, it has shades of um, Harry Potter with a kind of moaning Myrtle-type character haunting the school, crossed with a kind of Scooby-Doo adventure story. Um, the ending has some really nice twists, uh, which I won't spoil for those of you that are, are going to watch it. Um, I think the music and the soundscape are really well done, and I'm, I'm sure we've kind of commented on the way that Evil Imp creates or generates the the voices using these kind of squeaks and burbles um, rather than actual words. Um, I think we've commented on that before. Um, so it's overlaid with text, but this isn't really that burdensome for me. And it's and it's done um, well enough to sort of read and take the, the character actions all in, um, which sometimes I think isn't the case with some of the films that use um, text. And I think what's also quite fun is that the subscribe and watch call to action at the end of the video is also characterised with that same sort of burbly voices, which I think is really kind of a nice little touch. Anyway, what, what did you guys think to that one? Absolutely flawless. This, uh, in our news section and discussion, uh, the question came up, the difference between machinima and animation. Uh, if you wanted to answer the question with a film, this would be the film. You will not find a film like this in the traditional animated world mm -hmm. because there were so many things in it that people would say, well, that's not professional. Uh, that doesn't, why, why can't you have real people speaking real voices? Why can't you do that? The animation is, the, they're always doing the same movement all the time. You can't have that. Well, you can. And that's the beauty of machinima is that you take this game that wasn't intended to tell these kinds of stories and tell a completely beautiful story that is not only interesting and strange and beautiful, but moving as well. These silly little characters that I ordinarily wouldn't pay any attention to whatsoever. Suddenly I'm, I'm in tears watching it. It's absolutely beautiful. How is it possible? Here's my question. How is it possible that a simple game machinima with limited animations can move you? Yeah. It's machinima. And it's the story and the style of the film. Absolutely great film. It, it, the film reflects many of the Japanese mode of storytelling, mm -hmm. which is an interesting. I'm, I'm a big fan of Japanese 
cinema and Japanese animation. So I recognize immediately because one of the things it does is it puts you, the viewer, in, in making moral choices between the difference in caring and hurting other people. Um, hmm. Japanese themes in their films are always about that, the community versus the individual. What a great film. Yeah. I think it's my favorite film I've seen so far. It's just marvelous. What did you and guys that's yeah, it's, that. yeah. it's my favorite of Evil Imps films, and I've watched quite a few of them. It's definitely my favorite of all the picks that we're going to talk about today. Uh, and it, it's it's one of the best machinima movies I've seen in a long, long time. Mm -hmm. Absolutely extraordinary. Uh, in spite of the limited environment it's created in. It's beautiful, yep. beautifully done, wonderful shot selection. Uh, the story is just fantastic. I mean, at, at, at times almost, almost disturbing, you know, mm. but in a way that still keeps you engaged, doesn't make you want to pull away. It draws you closer like, oh, oh, wow. You know, that, you know what I'm talking about. I want to spoil or anything, but uh, I'll do this is is that Tracy, you mentioned the Harry Potter vibe, which yeah, the, the moaning myrtle thing is very evident there. I, I would have described it as Harry Potter meets Soylent Green. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> which once you see it, you'll understand what I mean. But, yeah. yeah, there's there's a there's a point where there's this reveal of oh wow. And then you're right, Ricky, that 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 choice that it not just puts the character through that they have to make once they they're given that knowledge. But we're right there with them. Yep. Wondering the same thing. And gee, what do you do here? What, what, you know, it, it oh, it's just, just delightful. And uh, I think the only, if I had to nitpick, the only thing that I wish that they would do differently is slightly more pitch or tonal variation between the voices. Hmm. You know, because it, it doesn't matter for sake of clarity, because it's like you said, it's really just filling sound. It gives it a wonderful international quality. I, I'm hoping that what Evil Imp does is provide subtitles in multiple languages, because that's that's taking full advantage of what they've done here. They've made yeah. a story that could be understood by anyone. Yeah. Just need a little translation on the subtitles. That's the brilliance of either a silent movie with no speaking or one with that's handled this way where the the audio of the speaking isn't important. But what I found is there were times when there were multiple characters on the screen and there's a voice. It took effort and engagement to know who was speaking, you know, in the same way that I have the same issue with, uh, with some of Hemingway's writing um, when he's portraying a conversation and he doesn't use the traditional, you know, blah, 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 comma, Sally said, such as, uh, answered Hank. Doesn't do the Sally said or answered Hank. It's just one person's line, then another person's line, then another person's line. And if you haven't chosen to really engage with the novel as you're reading and hearing that conversation as you read, you can easily get lost. Yeah, good point. Yeah. To the same, and, and that's not a, you know, I'm not saying that that's a, that's not a criticism of Hemingway, but I think that because my ears are engaged, that it would be it would be helpful 
to at least know for sure who was speaking by just a little bit difference in the yeah. voice. Yeah, yeah, and that yeah. could be done just with a pitch correction filter, yeah, it's, honestly. It's more of a craft yeah. issue, slight craft yeah. adjustment. That's it, though. But that's that's nitpicking, and that's it. I mean, it is just wonderful Yeah, um, all the way around. I've really enjoyed it as well. Um, I'll answer with the, the speech, the, the sound of the speech. That is the sound the characters make in the game. Is it? Uh, oh, that is from the game. Okay. Yeah. Um, so it's not normally a game I would play. When the pandemic started, I bought myself a Switch, and a lot of people were saying this is a really great relaxing game. So I, I played the game, uh, and it was one of the things that watching videos like this is, I don't know how he actually did this. I know I've said this about <laughs> other films before. But this is another one where there are shots in it. I can see how he did it. And then there are other shots where I have no idea because as far as I know with the game, you can't do those things with the camera. <laughs> uh, so I have no idea how he, he pulled it off, uh, which is a testament to him as a filmmaker because he's managed to take this game and do something with it that it wasn't designed for, but more ways than just telling this, this kind of darker story. But he's actually done things with the game camera that you can't really do. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and I wanted to address that because that was one of the first things that jumped at me beyond the, just the story and the way it looked, which is all, it chose the characters perfectly and designed the environment perfectly, which is one of the things that you can do in the game is, is a bit like The Sims, where you can actually customize how your game world looks. So he's obviously using that to his advantage to tell his stories in all the different um, videos he's made. And this is obviously one of them. Yeah. Well, in a weird um, way, I'm relieved to hear that. Yeah. Based on based on what my criticism was, you know, I, I'm I'm like really relieved that that's it's not a production oversight no. uh, on his part. It's just that's one limit he hasn't figured out how to surmount yet, and I so completely a, respect that. There's a multiplayer mode in the game, and you can text chat. So you, you make your character, you type in what you want to say, but it will make your character make that sort of squeaky gibberish noise, and it very slightly based on the letters that you've written not hmm. and it's really accelerated so you can't really understand it but it does make the noises that it, your character makes but depends on what letters you've actually written oh that's interesting that's, that's fascinating yeah. yeah yeah wow yeah. wow very interesting well i really enjoyed that. yeah Tracy. really good i, I love yeah, that great one. pick great yeah. pick excellent well, my second one is completely different from that. Um, it's uh, a wholly different type of content. It's simply called GTA Five versus The Matrix Awakens: Rage versus Unreal Engine Five, basically. Released on the sixteenth of December, so it's literally just picking up on The Matrix Awakens experience release. Um, and all it is, it's simply a comparison of content from these two worlds. Now, last month, we talked about the incredible detail that Unreal has put into the Matrix Awakens experience, which, let's remember, is not a game. Um, however, the comparison, I think, is truly outstanding and, and actually just highlights what an incredible amount of detail has gone into not just the Matrix Awakens, but also into GTA, um, but especially the Matrix. Uh, now the, the, this this film goes head to head with content, so you you know you see comparison of vehicles, of buildings, of people, of streetscapes, and of kind of what you can do with each of them. I don't know if you had a look at the whole thing, guys, but what did you think I of did. it? I did, yes. Uh -huh. um, yeah, I, I I found it fascinating, uh, I, I, and some of it is just that I mean GTA Five is not a 
not a young game anymore, you know? So some of it is just that the needle has moved that far yeah, to yeah. what our computers can, can, can handle. And in some of the, in some of the cases where, you know, the, the up close look at the matrix versus GTA five, and it's, you know, on the surface, it's like, well, that's kind of embarrassing, you know, that it's, but the, the compromises that have had to be made um, to rather, rather cleverly solve some problems of the limitation of the engine they're working with is actually there's there's a level of respect to be paid for that too. And I'm talking mm-hmm. about on the GTA Five yeah. side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And okay, so okay, so when under scrutiny and compared to what can be done ten years later, that's 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 pretty crazy. But you know, pretty clever on on Rockstar's part. To have, I mean, if you look at GTA Five versus some of the detail levels in Red Dead Redemption Two, there's a stark difference there already yeah, yeah. too. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, it's it's, but it, it was it was very interesting comparison since they're both urban environments and things like that. Yeah. Uh, well, I think uh, I enjoyed filmmaker- it, and I I was wowed by the Matrix footage. It's it's really <laughs> amazing. The, I think the filmmaker was pretty fair in his uh, talk about GTA Five. He says, "Well, then now, he, he actually, I think there was one thing that he found them sort of equal at." as I recall, but it was pretty good. But, but my problem with it, and, and I found it a fascinating idea and I liked it, but about halfway through the film, he had one of his characters come up and there was a woman standing on the sidewalk and the character came up and just smashed the woman to the ground, just smashed her right down to the ground. And then there was a big yuck, yuck. And then he went on, just ruined the whole rest of the, film hmm. for me just yeah. ruined it yeah, and i, I realized unnecessary it was I out went, of place yeah. yeah i went back and i looked at some of his other films and there is a kind of uh game boy hey let's go out and smash things up kind of attitude now that doesn't take anything away from the fact that it's a valuable a valuable comparison between the two and i liked it for that but i just found that unnecessary and it just it bothered me all the way through the rest of the film and don't do that, man. Hmm. Don't do that. Fair point. One of the things that, one of the technical things that stood out to me was, it was during the um, segment where he's showing how the cars in the distance are rendered in GTA mm-hmm. and in the Matrix. So in GTA, they have these two D images of cars driving around on the roads, and that they would fade into three D objects. Um, and obviously that's a way to make it look like the streets in the distance are really busy without slowing the game down. Yeah. In the Matrix, they have actual real cars, yeah. 3D models in the distance as well. They're not just pixels, uh, not just sprites. But they also, used, I think he's trying to make a dig at Cyberpunk yes. um, 2077. I was wondering if you saw that too, yeah. I did. <laughs> Meanwhile, it it's Cyberpunk. Yeah. But the thing that stood that out was very is, funny. Yeah. But the thing about it, it made it, the Matrix stand out even more. Because Cyberpunk's only a year, there's only a year difference between the Matrix and the Cyberpunk's release. Mm-hmm. And if Cyberpunk's still using the GTA approach, that's obviously the approach that most games are still going to take. So the fact that the Matrix can have full 3D models of cars so far off in the distance is another way to show just how powerful this platform is that they've created. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah but it's not a game. Remember that Matrix Awakens is not a game. That's why I said platform. Yeah, I know, I know, but it, I, you know, that's it, it's from a from a machinima creator's point of view. Who cares? But it's right. It's, um, it, it's I think a really interesting. Uh, Let's approach. keep. You know, I'd like to suggest that we keep our 
eyes, you know, part of our thinking about Matrix Awakens all the way through the rest of the year to see how it progresses. Yeah, absolutely. I'm still hoping that we get a PC version so we can all actually try it ourselves. <laughs> yes, that would be cool. Let's, let's create a, uh, a push for it, yeah? Yeah. Yep. Okay, great. So, Damien, now you've got two films for us this week as well, although both with a similar theme. Yeah, I, I think people might start to suspect I'm a Star Wars fan with these two <laughs> Oh, I don't really? know how they can think that. <laughs> I know, I'm not sure that would go. I chose the first one I'm going to talk about is Malik and Old Republic Story. And this is the one I found first. And it's, um, it's a, you, it's a creator that I've been following for a little while because he does create some very impressive, um, videos and it's Unreal Cinema. Um, he's kind of in the process of taking the story of the Star Wars video game Knights of the Old Republic, which is uh, a very old game now, so graphically it's very dated. He's taking the story and he's recreating it as a film using Unreal 5. And so he's taken part of the plot element to create this, which is kind of a bit of the backstory for, for the game. Um, it, he's using... Uh, Realism's character created to create the human-looking faces. As a, uh, Darth Revan has a mask, so I'm assuming that character creator was not used for him. <clears throat> and then he's got motion capture for this lightsaber duel between Darth Malak and uh, Darth Revan. And it, he's rendered out with Unreal 5. And I was... It's one of those um, videos where I was just really blown away by the quality of it and how smooth the characters... You know, how the fight sequence was done in the sparks flying off the lightsabers as they were clashing and and then of course you see the real illusion bit where you got the human faces and they were created the character creator and the little detail and how well they were rendered in unreal and i thought yeah this is going to be my pick for the for the month uh mm -hmm. so I, I submitted this one first so what did you guys think of this one before we move on to the second one well i was really impressed by the um the fight scene memory because obviously you know not being the Star Wars nut that you are. I don't know anything about the, you know, the different backstories and stuff. So it took me a minute to realise that the first part was was something else other than the, the fight, you know, the fight scene was basically a, a memory or, a, you know, whatever. Um, but what struck me about that fight scene was the, was not just the choreography of it, but the observation of power. Um, which was, I thought, surprisingly tangible in the performance between those fighting characters. Uh, that, that you know, how do you perform power? Yeah. Well, that, that yeah, was there. Yeah, yeah. That was definitely in there. And, and it was also in the reveal. And I don't know whether it was the faces or whether it was the soundscape or whether it was just the, the mood that, you know, there was just something invisible that created that for me which was i thought absolutely fascinating yeah something um, extra something yeah something beyond beyond really i thought it was it was, it was very well done mm. uh, and then the reveal and the reveal for the you know why there was this synthesized voice which was part of that narrative design which i think probably is one of the things that contributed to that sense of power um which I which I also thought was was very well done. So I thought it was a really impressive short, um, another impressive Star Wars short. I mean, 
I didn't know we could get any better than last week. So I think this one was probably right, you know, as it equal to yeah. Up, up the, the one that we saw last week for me anyway. Um, yeah, I think... Like I said, the, the soundscape and the voice acting were really good. Um, but I thought the other thing that made this interesting was the Disney-style cinematic aesthetic that they clearly tried to adopt in the intro and the outro, mm. which kind of made you feel that this was more than perhaps what it is. It, it made you feel that it wasn't a, a, um, an indie studio that had created this. Yeah, um, yeah, good which point. I, yeah. Which I thought was, again, another interesting thing that I hadn't really seen done as well as this before. Mm. So it's just a 5 minutes film. Um but there was a lot portrayed in it, more than you might imagine. So it's worth a look yeah. at this one, I think. I agree with you. I, I felt the same way. I was really quite impressed with the, how everything looked. The reveal was sh actually shocking to me. Mm, yeah. Um, uh, I won't, we won't reveal what it is, but it was really startling. I, I, I think perhaps two things came to mind. One was that the filmmaker's storytelling visual storytelling um skills needed a little bit of polishing um, who was the guy that the main character was fighting with mm -hmm. i didn't know is it something in uh the game that uh you need to know about or he, he could have done better in telling that particular story there was occasional jerky animation uh, that could have been edited a little bit better so it didn't take you out. But overall, I was uh, drawn into the story. I was excited by it. I was shocked by it. It was really a lot of fun. I, I, I really respected it. Phil? Yeah, I, I had the same. Uh, I, I played Knights of the Old Republic, so I recognized the characters. But I was able to kind of, as I was watching, step back and think, well, let's assume I haven't. And, um, and yeah, the, there's some incompleteness, I would say, to the narrative structure of it, if you don't have that foreknowledge, which I think is, since it's, I mean, by its title, it's, it's being put there as a standalone short of sorts, you know, yeah, it says it's from this world or whatever, but, you know, if this were part, if this were like a scene from a larger picture, then I probably wouldn't feel comfortable making that judgment call because, well, there's stuff that came before we'll see that would illuminate those, those questions about who is who, who am I supposed to be rooting for here? Um, so, and I, I, I think that, that, yeah, that there's some weaknesses in, uh, in the narrative because of that. I think a little bit too much assumption that the viewer is going to know mm. this right. world and maybe even be familiar with the outcome and this is more of just elaborating on exactly how this came to be. Right. Um, but I will say that um, for, for in large part, the, uh, the visuals that were, uh, they were jaw dropping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh. oh, Phil. Ding, 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 ding. I couldn't resist. I couldn't oh, resist. Oh, Phil, really? How are we supposed to top that? Well, it's your turn, Damien. You go. <laughs> All right, so. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> and the second Star Wars was short today. Yes. It's first day. Well, wait a second. Is this another Star Wars? Oh, my film? God, yes. Yeah, I chose two Star Wars films. Well, I oh. chose Malik first, and then I came across first day, and 
I, I was laughing my way through this one and I thought I can't I'd already posted Malek in the group and I thought you've probably already all watched it by now so I can't see I don't want to use this one anymore I want to change it to this one so I just added it on and um, it's basically a stormtrooper being given guard duty and it's his first day as a stormtrooper and he's got this excitement he's, he's really excited about this new job and um, uh, he thinks he's going to be the big hero for the Empire and all this kind of stuff and he's just guarding this doorway and this other trooper next to him is completely unimpressed by his excitement because he's obviously a more experienced stormtrooper. He, he's guarded doorways and had all these kind of duties before hundreds of times. He just he doesn't really care and he doesn't see why this other guy's so excited. And he's got kind of got this interaction between these two characters. And I was just highly entertained by the way that was written and the way it was animated as well. Again, it, it's made with Unreal Five. Or rendered with Unreal Five, so it looks just as good as the the Revan, uh, the Malik film, um, and I thought, well, I, I, how do I choose between these two films? Now I've only posted one, but I, I really kind of like this one more. But um, so I ended up posting both of them. So what do you guys think of uh, First Day? It was excellent. This is a superb film. It shows how um, Machinima made in Unreal can compete with the best, the classic Machinima. It had that marvelous sense of humor that so many of the classic machinima has, uh, stuff that Paul Marino did in the Ill Clan. Yeah, um, it rang of that for me too. Yeah, yeah, just it was just so funny, and and I enjoyed. It. P- perhaps the joke went on a bit too long, maybe, but it was super funny. And one of the things I really really liked was the background. Uh, <laughs> and the odd little things that would come up in front of them. Yeah. And then the punchline at the end was just hilarious. Um, yeah. We won't reveal what it is, but as shocking as uh, Malek was, this was as equally funny yeah. <laughs> at the very end. Uh, the performances had that energy of the ill clan. It was just a really enjoyable film. I liked it a lot. Yeah. Well, I did too. I mean, actually I thought it was shades of red versus blue. Ah, and you know, the totally kind of, invoked that for me. Yeah, it did, yeah. did for you as well, did it, Phil? Yeah, yeah. It, it was just sort of like the church versus kind of you know one of the other one of the other characters there in that red versus blue episode one type stuff. Yeah, but the problem with the red versus blue is that they tend to do go off in these philosophical yes. nature these 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 non sequiturs, and I didn't get that feeling from this no, dialogue no. at all. No, I completely agree with you, but it just had that kind of characterization and the sort of riffing off each other and not not in terms of the content but the the way it was done was just very similar yeah but i thought it was quite interesting that a comment that they put in the description of it was that it was done as a workflow test for a series that they're making and i'm wondering dame do you know any more about that that what they're doing with their no idea uh, I think it's a case of if we subscribe to their channel and keep an eye on them, see what they come up with. Absolutely. Well, shit, if they, yeah, keep making, they keep making movies like this, I'm in. Mm. It's great. Their channel is called AFK The Web Series. So I'm assuming it's going to be a similar kind of theme. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's going to be Star Wars specifically, but a similar kind of tone with, with the kind of humor and storytelling. So yeah, I think uh, you know that's very smart production-wise. They can really crank stuff out with this. So um, the uh, the writing was decent. You know, uh, there was some good fan service in there as far as uh, you know Star Warsy jokes. They didn't linger on any of those too long. So if you're not a 
you know, total Star Wars nerd, you wouldn't be thrown off by it. But if you were, right. little reward right. for you there. That's uh-huh. that's a clever balance, and I think they did well with that. Um, some of the writing was a little bit, and I don't, I won't get into specifics, but a little bit on the nose. Some of the humor mm-hmm. that I kind of, I, I don't know. <laughs> it's so funny that Ricky says, you know, about uh, red versus blue. That oh, they get all philosophical. And the funny thing is, when I'm watching this, I was thinking. I kind of wish they'd go a little non sequitur or something. <laughs> I really did. Like had that thought. So that's just a matter of that's just a matter of, of differing tastes. But uh, yeah, this is uh, a good sign. I hope they do produce more of this. I hope they keep it simple because, as a producer, I know that's the best way to be able to crank out more content yeah. if you want to. Um, and you know, if you look at the, this versus, let's say. Um, well, one that we're going to be looking at here in, in my picks in just a moment, but also the Half-Life Alex film, Half Peeps. Yeah, yeah. He actually took to Twitter this week or last week, I can't remember which, kind of lamenting the fact that, man, you know, for the amount of viewership that we're getting versus the amount of effort we have to put in to make this, I sometimes wonder if this is worth it. Yeah. Which, what serious machinima filmmaker has not had those thoughts? Absolutely. Right? That's there. Half peeps, if you're listening, man, woman, you are not alone. No, you are not alone. That's a very common thing. And I don't have an easy answer for you either. Like, I I don't know what to tell you. Uh, It is. It's it's truly a labor of love sometimes. And, uh, you know, I I look at this, the the most recent release that I did. And uh, boy, oh, boy, long are the days since my you know, six and a half million views for, for, for bathroom jokes, you know, and, and here we got Obed, which I'm like bleeding on a piece of paper for, and it's, you know, 350 people, but you have to kind of keep it in a little perspective here of if I think locally, what could I do that 350 people nearby me would pay attention to? I would think that was a pretty big deal, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. the internet yeah. has totally changed our understanding of numbers. Yes. Um, and especially when, you know, Beyonce can release some auto-tuned track and get a billion views for shaking it, you know? And here we're we're slaving away on craft like this. And, uh, but, you know, it's it's tough, man. You get, you get, you get focused on the views thing and much of the time it can get really depressing if you look at it that way, you know, um, the truth is, you know, any attention is good. So, well, you you know, I I agree with you. And I think that's, um, that's something that is, is hard because you have to sort of make decisions as an artist. Do you want to make things that are popular or do you want to make things that are important to you and that are fun and gets a modest audience I think there's a shift in um, your thinking if you'd want to be popular, because then you have to go through that whole marketing thing again, where you go, well, what is popular? If you had perhaps put in bathroom jokes and obit, um, you may have had more views, but that would have destroyed the movie. Yes. So it's a balancing act and, and it's not an easy choice to make. And I don't condemn the person who decides to, try to be more popular, you know, uh, I think that's fine, but I'm yeah. really in it because of its passion and it's fun and it's interest. It's for movies like Moloch, 
you know, that I, I want to watch or, right. or Shino yeah. and the witch. Yes. You know, and that's why we're here is we're trying to tell everybody about it to get more viewers. Absolutely. Yes. People. Well, and, and for mine personally, for, for Obit, yeah, I'm very much at a sense of peace with that. The, the, the 350 number only gets in my head if I start adopting it through that, you know, Inf YouTuber. Well, you're going to have to become more mindset. of an influencer, Phil. Right, right. You know, but I do look at it as, oh my gosh, I made a 10 minute cinematic quality piece about something very personal to me. Rewind 25 years before any of this stuff was around. I would have never been able to do that, you know, so I, I'm... I'm very grateful that the tech exists to where I could just on my own sit here in an office and just work on that a bit of time and, and have that to, to show. So that's, it's tough, man. It's not, it's not easy to decide which, which side of the fence you're on on that. But uh, anyway, this, is this movie, assuming that they want to make more of it, it's very smart of them to have, have made it where it's not hard to do, you know? Yeah. Um, and I, I get the impression that, compared to other projects that we've seen, this has got some pretty simple parts and pieces and that's that's gonna pay off, I think. Yeah. Well, We recommend it. Yeah. We hope you people will yes. watch yeah. it. Great movie picks, um, Damien. Um, yep. Ricky, what have you got for us this month? Well, as usual, I had a half a dozen movies, but I don't want <laughs> to belabor the point. Um, I picked something that was a little different than what I normally pick. It isn't a story-driven movie. It's more of a combination of Let's Play and Tech Demo. Um, it's a company called Dimension, and they focus on recreating real environments using photogrammetry uh, and creating the landscapes in Unreal. That means they go to a real location, they take high-res digital photos, they stitch those together as the textures for models, and then they take those models and they put them in Unreal, uh, and then uh, do some adjustments to lighting there, and then they do a sort of slow fly-through fly in different locations. Um, what they're doing, uh, it, it's actually a VR, it's in virtual reality, the fly-through in Unreal, it's perfect for that. Uh -huh. But they've gone to very classic locations around the world that have remarkable uh, landscape. And they've uh, created the digital imagery, took it to Unreal, and then did the fly-through. And it's absolutely gorgeous. And it has a kind of meditative quality that I really liked about it. But it also shows the possibilities of future virtual production. It made me think that... Um, there's a, a company that wants to do an adaptation of, say, a fantasy novel, uh, and they can't afford to ship everything to New Zealand. So they hire a company like Dimension, and they bring all the New Zealand locations to them in the studio, and they put it in Unreal, and the actors react to the real environments in Unreal, and they've saved a ton of money. And it looks almost the same. Uh, if you if you are very very observant, you can see some tiny flaws here and there as you do the fly through, but mostly most people are not going to be looking at the environment that closely because it's a it it's that's why it's called a background. It's behind the foreground of the story. So I really liked it, and uh, I hope to follow Dimension more as the year goes on. What did you guys think? For me, what was really fascinating about this, Ricky, is is 
is not something that's actually shown in the film, and that is trying to get my head around how they captured, assuming that this is a relatively authentic rendering of this real location, how they captured that. And, and uh, I mean, the, the, the tech they cite in the description is literally called reality capture. Um, and I'm picturing like this guy walking around with one of the, you know, the Google car, <laughs> three, 360 degree <laughs> cameras on his head. On his head. I don't know, man. How does that work? It's just amazing that well, somehow they did a fly through or with a drone or a, a person taking a camera around on a gimbal or something. And it's capturing, we've seen people use photo, is it photogrammetry? Is that what it's called? That's it. Where, where we've seen them do that for objects. There's some fascinating stuff. You can see people doing that and bringing something right into Blender with all this detail. And it's amazing. The idea of doing that basically in some kind of a real time capture of a whole environment, everything within view of the eye that's capturing it and then rendering that into usable 3D, you know, space and background and prop, uh, props to some degree. Wow, man. Wow. Yeah. The fact yeah. that that's even possible. I, I found that I, I was, the video is beautiful. Maybe in my meditative state, <laughs> that's where I was going with it is <laughs> how did they make this? And I, my eyes start crossing. I'm not even watching anymore. I'm just, oh, <laughs> I really want to learn more about this thing, how it works. Cause it's just, there is, a, there is a link in the video that takes you to a page, and it's not a full technical explanation. It's more a generalized. Uh, uh, yeah, I went there to try and find out more, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll include I that have, in the show notes. I had a very similar reaction to you, Phil, as how did they do this. So after I watched it, I looked up the places that they recreated to try and find photos to compare with what was in the video. Oh. And it is accurate. Yeah. Wow. Completely accurate. I looked at some of the way the rocks were positioned and it wasn't just that they had a big rock in the same place it was the same rock the same shape of yeah. it and i guess the little smaller ones probably moved because they get shifted around from people walking through there but the big stuff that was all identical um but it was yeah uh, yeah and now i'm assuming some of the foliage was probably added with with some kind of a tool afterwards because it's hard to imagine that they're capturing a flapping palm yeah. branch yeah yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I but, would but that's so, fine yeah. The fact it was the, the rocks shape I of everything is there is amazing. It was well, the rocks I focused on because I thought those aren't going to change much. The trees right. are going to change because the leaves fall off and, yeah. and right. so on. But when I looked, I thought that rock's in exactly the same place and it's the exact same shape. And it was the same in all of the environments. It wasn't just the one one off from that amazing. particular shot. So, yeah, I, I have no idea how they made that, well, but it's really impressive. I have to say, I... I've been to some of the locations shown in this. Oh, um, really? Yeah, I have. Mm. And um, you know the, uh, the 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 location on the Isle of Skye. You to be there, it's like being in another world, mm. and to see that rendered out with the rain and the weather unfolding around. I mean, you can barely walk anywhere on Skye on a sunny day. It's usually in rain clouds or, you know, that, that the old man of store is almost always in, in cloud. Um, so, so to see it, it was, it was it, that was beautiful and stunning. Um, but it's the weather that made it astonishing as well. The fact wow. that you could see the, the water glistening on the rock uh, and what have you. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, and I, I actually kind of thought, sort of reflecting back on my memory of being in some of those places, it's, it's like, you know, what they've created is like being a tourist, but having the opportunity to see things that you wouldn't actually see when you were actually in the physical space, huh. which, is it, huh. which is a kind of really interesting observation. Yeah. Because I think the thing is, I'm, I'm like five foot two. <laughs> and what you see, what you have seen there is a fly through. I don't know, some of it must be by drone sort of height. You're never going to see that as you as you walk through. And not only not only because of the, the smoothness of the of the flight of the of the perspective and you know the angles that you're looking at things as you're kind of going through and the, and that and the height that you're going through, but also because of the sheer physical exertion is taken to get you yeah. to that point so you don't yeah, you right. just don't see it so i you know these are these are stunning these are not you know they're not just beautifully rendered environments but i'd say they've got a his- historical significance too to them mm. um mm. And, and i felt you weren't just viewing that as a human would you know when you when you go around that space you that is not what you see I think what you're seeing there is either a butterfly or an insect flight path, which is, I mean, that's that's incredible, isn't it? To sort of it see sure something is. rendered to that level of detail and have that yeah. ability to perceive it in that in that way. So it, I think that adds something to reality, actually. I do. Oh, and then to be able to be able to use it mm. without spoiling it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Imagine dragging a film crew there. You probably couldn't. You wouldn't be able to. Or a government wouldn't let you, or you weren't able to physically. And then the environmental impact of that, you know, and the fact that you could could capture some of those locations and actually make use of them without destroying them. Wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. And and ladies and gentlemen, this is machinima. Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) This is machinima. The the other aspect Tracy's got me thinking about is if – I don't know what the restrictions are for those particular locations. If they went, if they did a video like this of Stonehenge, where you can't go up to the rocks because they're protected, mm. this is a way you can get right up close to the rocks virtually and see all the detail in them. Mm. And, and like Phil said, there was an episode of Doctor Who that was filmed about ten years ago that was used Stonehenge as its location, and they had very strict instructions. They were not allowed to touch the rocks. The actors not even brush against them. So the mm-hmm. actors had to be extremely careful. Uh, as they were moving around and they had to be very careful where they placed the equipment and all that kind of stuff. If they used like, something like this, they could have done whatever they wanted to. Yeah, nowadays right. they, they would have used that Mandalorian s- technology. Sure. They would have smashed them up with their car, blown them up <laughs> with their guns. Yeah! <laughs> I think one of the- Just smack down that female rock. Yeah, absolutely. The- yeah! I think the other thing that makes this this memorable too is the way that they've used the music. To, to kind of, ah, I mean, that's equally yeah. evocative of the kind of stunningness of of what is being seen is the fact that you're being, you know, you're 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 being immersed in an amazing quality classic soundscape for all, yeah. and it's very different and it's very evocative for each of the different um, sort of scenes that you that's see. That's a good point. It's yeah. well put together aesthetically. Yeah, it's a, a I think nice it smacks touch. of being truly professionally done. Actually, really beautiful. I'd like to see a future in which we could use this photogrammetry technique in a cheaper version and go to personal locations like urban or rural locations that 
you want to tell stories in and then have that as a background for your story. So, for example, in L.A., there, we have these very interesting canals. It'd be fun to do photogrammetry of the canals and have some scenes set there. Uh, obviously, the tech, the technology is not cheap enough to be able for me to, to do that, at least I, to my knowledge. But I'd like to see a future in which that is possible. You know, a few years ago, it, the tech is it is cheap. I don't know whether it's still it's still available actually, but you could create point clouds on your mobile phone. Mm. Um, and uh, colleagues and I have done this, where we created a copy of a real retail environment in which we wanted to illustrate something or other. We, you know, we rendered it out. I think it was done in. I, I think the, the 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 virtual assets were done in Unity, but we used the point cloud that we generated in the real environment in order to map the whole thing. So it was as close as it could be to a real yeah, I, store. I think that technology is Apple's LIDAR or yeah, LIDAR yeah. technology scanning. Yeah. Dead easy to yeah, do. I played with that as well. I, I didn't have very good results, but I didn't also didn't follow the pretty explicit instructions they have about how to keep things level and all that. Yeah. I'm just going around with my phone. Rrr, rrr. <laughs> and then, yeah, it looks like something out of a yeah. Salvador Dali, but you know, <laughs> it was fun to play with. Yeah. Yeah. And if you, if you really get into it, you can appear in it more than one position. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So you get someone, so you go, you're scanning around, you say, right, stand there. And then as you scan to another place, they right, run around there. And then when you turn around, you've got people in multiple different businesses. Yeah, yeah, silly things. <laughs> well, I'm glad you guys liked it. I sure did. Mm, very that much. Was great. And Phil, you've also got two films for us this week. I do. Well, I mean, one and then a bonus one. Uh, the, the the first one is uh, there's a uh, it's called Terminator Two GTA Five film, and it basically uh, the filmmaker is I believe a Russian guy, uh, Mikhail Kramer, mm-hmm. and he's working on. Uh, a shot-by-shot recreation of James Cameron's Terminator 2. And it's pretty faithful to the original and uh, astounding that he's doing all of this in GTA 5. Um, yeah. Yeah. This is an unusual type of pick for me because yeah. I don't really, I don't generally in- encourage people to just go recreate other people's work. But I also recognize that as a uh, a way of honing up your skills it's, it's a nice way to kind of subdivide the skills. You know, you don't have to worry about coming right. up with the story or the script or the, the audio even in this case. And you can focus on honing these other skills and stuff. And this guy does a very good job with it. Um, I haven't done a side-by-side like timing, uh, but I've watched Terminator 2 uh, an embarrassing number of times over the years. And oh, it seems like it's pretty faithful to the original and it may even actually be using i'm pretty sure it's using the audio mm. uh from the original film which is a great way to make sure that the timing is the same yeah. so yeah um anyway i was i was pretty impressed with it uh mainly because you know if i saw someone do this in unreal 2 or Un- unreal engine i would probably my response would probably be that's eh, a shame you know <laughs> what, a, <laughs> what a waste of time you know but the fact that it's a gta 5 Again, not as we've mentioned earlier, it's not a brand new game, uh, and the, the the visual, the fidelity of the image and and his ability to recreate a lot of the same 
motions and and scenes and movements and stuff. It's 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 quite impressive, um, purely from that that point of view. What did you guys think? Well, you know, I appreciate and I acknowledge the effort that went into making it. And you've clarified the reason why you chose the film. And I, I can see it. It's a way of sharpening your skills. And that makes sense to me. But I wish he would have not chosen GTA 5, but I wish he would have done it in the movies. <laughs> because the thing is, is that it lacked style. It was sort of generic to me. Without the trappings of the uh, original motion picture, it's sort of, it's really an exercise. And as an exercise, it didn't really involve me very much in it. Again, I admired it and that, but I was distant from it. Had I can't it help. Go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> I can't stop picturing a naked Arnold Schwarzenegger walking with the walk animation from the movie game. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That's fantastic. Yeah. It would, it would add a I layer. I would pay money to see that. Yeah. Well, I think we're going to dig out, dig out our copies of the movies now and see what we can do. <laughs> yeah. 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 Which, I mean, I, came across, I was thinking about the movies because Ben covered it so well in his history article uh, this last month in January because he talked about the beginning of the movies and what people were doing with it. And there was a period of time, two or three years, in which the movies was everywhere. I mean, mm -hmm. it had the largest amount of content of, any any machinima yeah. uh, engine ever uh, but it just appeared to me that it would be funnier and more entertaining if it was shot in the movies but i i see your point and and i acknowledge that it just didn't involve me very much <laughs> top that <laughs> damien do you want to have like any you, <laughs> like you phil i've watched the original film an embarrassing number of times um so i was listening it's one of those films where You've seen it, even if you haven't watched it for a while, when you watch it again, you're so familiar with how it's supposed to sound. So I didn't detect any breaks in the audio apart from the opening theme where they replaced it with a, a fan take of the opening music. Um, yeah, I guess... which they pro I assume they did to keep it from getting detected by uh, YouTube's uh, yeah. music detector, you yeah. think? Yeah, 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 yeah probably. Yeah. Um, but, but the actual scenes... The actual scenes, the audio was identical from what I can remember. And I was impressed by, um, you know, the background characters kind of looked similar to the way they did, like, in the bar. But the actual main characters, you've got the Arnold Schwarzenegger Terminator and you've got the, the T-1000. They look just like It's they do in the films. Yeah. yeah. And they've got the, the motions for them. Again, I guess, I don't know if they were able to add more animation to the game or if they're just using the animations in the game to try and recreate the well, scene. I think somebody probably modded those characters specifically for use in GTA 5. What yeah, a shame. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, with But some the, custom animations and yeah. stuff. Yeah. What a shame okay. because the, the legal just... action that is going to take place is probably going to mean that's not a good good way to go with this one then. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I agree with you. Epic needs to sue these people. <laughs> um, we need to get crooked put our foot down on this sort of creative effort. <laughs> and and uh, you mean uh, that, that would really be crossing the line, suing, suing mean, modders of someone else's video game. That's right. That's how bad it's gotten. That's right. <laughs> Thanks Obama. <laughs> Excuse me, Damien. Well, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, I was just about to, I was about to say, I got to the end of the video. And I thought I want to watch part two. Uh, and then, of course, I saw it's only released a few days ago, so part two hasn't been released yet. This yes. is just part one. 
So uh, it made me want to go back and watch the original for an embarrassing number of times plus one. Oh, no. Yeah, well, I'm really glad you said what you said about it, Phil, as well, because I had to ask myself, why the hell would you want to make this like this? Well, I mean, it's an iconic film yeah. made in a game. Why, why, why would you do that? Um, so, yeah, I'm glad you answered that question. Honestly, and, and honestly, that still is my question about it. The fact that it appears his intention is to do that for the whole movie. Mm. I still have, I don't care what, what honing you're doing. Why? Why do that? I don't know. I, yeah. I like, I, I don't have a good answer for that. To do this scene or this set of scenes as the exercise. Yeah. Brilliant. Now move on to another one, yeah. you know, yeah. hone yeah. some different, different skills. So maybe, I mean, who knows? Maybe this, this uh, director has a very special relationship with that film. It means something, you know, a lot to him. And, and that's why he wants to, to, do this tribute to it. I don't know. Um, but there was thing well, I, there was one technical thing that I picked up on, and maybe you, you guys would be much more sensitive to this than I, than I am. And that was in terms of the sound quality. So irrespective of the, 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 the video itself, you know, the, the image side of it, the sound moved from being um, binaural to being really flat. And I think the, the guy's got to watch... The you know because clearly what he's doing with a really flat sound to me was when he was list, when he was using the film you know the the, uh, the film audio uh, uh. and but I think he also interspersed it with some some music that he downloaded from somewhere else and that got much more of a rich a richness to it it was definitely yeah. you could definitely hear in both you know both ears at different times and all that sort of stuff. it moved around in your head but the film stuff just didn't. Well, it's probably because he didn't spend any time on mixing the two together. Okay. Um, because that's a that's an effort you have to go to make sure that they're within the same range, um, yeah. with the same tone, or if they're all going to be mono, you don't go from a mono to a stereo and then back again. Yeah. That's all distracting. He just didn't seem to put any effort into that side in of, it, of it, which yeah. is a shame right. because of all of these films. Really, you know, they're not just visual, are they? They're also it's it's the auditory side of it that's so yes. compelling as well. Yeah, and that to yes. me was was a bit you know irrespective of the why question. That was the bit that I felt just didn't work. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. You know the thing that I think is interesting also, or I'd like to try to make it interesting, is that when you when you when you're doing an homage to something like that, if you add an extra element of satire to it which an adaptation in the movies would, because then you're sort of kidding the film. That's sort of in the spirit of machinima, because we love to do that sort of thing, the parody it. But he's not. He's actually trying to do the film seriously. Do you know what I mean? And that comes back to the Phil's question is, well, why? You know, if it's just a technical exercise, you've done it. But if you're not going to satirize it or if you're not going to say something of why you like it so much, then it's sort of a self, it serves him. It doesn't serve the viewers. Mm. Yeah. And we, if we look at the, the classic era of machinima, we can, we can find a couple examples where people have undertaken this very exercise. Hugh, Hugh and Strange Company very, kind of very famously did uh, their, their Matrix 
Mm. Oh yeah, yeah. Whatever, whatever. Very primitive by comparison engine that was. Yeah. Uh, somebody did one in the early two thousands that was Jack Nicholson. Part of the yeah the courtroom scene from A Few Good Men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With yeah. Tom Cruise and Jack Nicholson. You yeah. Know, you can't handle the truth. That whole scene. A few good. Yeah, a well few done. good demon. But they didn't try to recreate the whole movie. No. Yeah. And that would have seemed. That would have been kind of silly. Yeah, yeah. And, I was and, I was really mad about that a few good men thing because it won an award at one of the Machinima festivals, and I kept arguing, well, how can how can it not win an award because it's got yeah. performances by Jack Nicholson <laughs> in it? Indeed. I mean, you're competing. Jack yeah. Nicholson is competing against all of these other Machinima actors. He was brilliant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I yeah, can't believe he agreed to do that. Yeah. I, I know, you know, <laughs> like famously unapproachable. It's really, but everybody just looked at me like, and I'm an eccentric. Like, I <laughs> like who is that old uh, man? A couple of times I've actually recreated movie scenes as well. Um, way back I did uh, a one minute segment from the Wrath of Khan oh. using the movies. Yeah. Because um, <laughs> someone did a, I can't remember who it was now. Someone had, had a, contests to recreate one minute of any film you want using the movies just to see if it's possible now there's no yeah. real prize it's just a let's see if we can do this uh because you know lionhead had said yeah um you, you can recreate any movie you want with our software so that someone said well we're going to take you up on that challenge and see what we can do and right. then more recently there was the lip sync contest mm -hmm. that real Legion did right and I right recreated the scene yeah. from the empire strikes yeah. Back. yeah but again i wouldn't want to recreate either of those movies in their entirety it's just I picked the Wrath of Khan because I just watched it and it was fresh in my mind. As that's a good scene to do. Because, and then, um, and you really wanted to see Ricardo Montalban do the movie Storm. Get, get walk, his due. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, yeah. He doesn't. I've actually found an animation of him folding his arms like he does in the film, but he does it in a really cartoony kind of way. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, like, so uh, I have a question for our viewers. Okay. What do you think about doing adaptations using the audio of it? Now, or last year I did a trailer uh, with one of our filmmakers of uh, the town that dreaded sundown. I think it was, mm, and yeah, he added to it and he did a really good job, and I was very impressed with it. But this one, I'm not so much. What do you? What do our viewers think? Is that a good way to spend your time as a machinima filmmaker? You can contact us at talk at completelymachinima.com and let us know. Absolutely. And speaking of adaptations, oh. <laughs> my, my final pick is a live action satirical adaptation of Red Dead Redemption 2. Wow. Called, well, it's the, they did a bunch of shorts in this theme and then put them together in this video, which is kind of an omnibus uh, or the su a supercut, as they call it. Um, if you've ever played. <laughs> Red Dead Redemption 2, or even if you haven't, um, if you've played it, you will completely get every joke and reference in here because it is, it is exactly that absurd. Um, the, the, the group um, that made it is uh, called Viva La Dirt League. I believe that they're New Zealanders. Oh, they? Um, yeah. Yeah. And it's a comedy troupe, and they do all sorts of stuff. A lot of the content is gaming-related. Actually, where I stumbled upon them the first time was um, they did a, a they do a series of videos that supposedly take place in a computer store, most notably with a computer repair desk. <laughs> and as a guy in that line of work, 
I found those videos just super funny. And then it turns out, what do you know? People who spend a lot of time around computers are also gamers. <laughs> so I didn't, didn't ever, never occurred to me that that would be the case, but yeah. I, so they do a lot of gaming related funny videos and the Red Dead ones just, just absolutely cracked me up. And, so and yeah, I actually, that's, that's my closing I, recommendation. I actually thought they were farmers. <laughs> <laughs> Because they, they got on very well with those animals, I thought. Yeah. yeah. Brilliantly observed. I loved it. Yeah, I've, been it following their videos for, I've been following their videos for a while. I discovered them I during lockdown, and they were very entertaining. Yes. Uh, especially the, the gaming, uh, the fancy sort of D&D. The role-playing game ones they do. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Very good. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was very witty. And um, the absurd situations that they found themselves in were... Um, almost like Beckett watching Beckett. It was so funny. <laughs> that one scene where he kept doing the quick draw. Over quick draw. And, <laughs> and he couldn't stop. Was was very very funny. And I also uh, want to praise you, Phil, for taking so much time and your deep research to find this uh, film. That's not really a machinima film, but it's a film. And <laughs> and you know you managed to to pick a film. So thank you for that, Phil. <laughs> Now, now, guys. <laughs> um, well, on that note, I think, unfortunately, that is it for this episode. We've got plenty more films we can tell you about, but not today. Um, we hope you've enjoyed the coverage of the films um, this month. Don't forget you can give us some feedback. It'd be great to hear what you thought uh, in response to Ricky's question there. Um, you can contact us on all the usual social channels, or directly um, on the addresses that you can find on our website, completelymachinima.com. If you've got a film you'd like us to consider, don't forget to send us the links. Right. Um, and remember, we have a new YouTube channel. Um, we'll be doing versions of this podcast with the video. Absolutely. Uh, so keep your eyes open for that if you'd like to look at the video. Thanks for listening and uh, look forward to seeing you next time. Bye. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye.